I've never heard that two, three, four part. Did anybody else ever hear that? Okay. Have you heard Kelly do it before? Okay. <laughs> I wondered, see, now we all know a new way. Next time, I, I guarantee you, next time you sing Count Your Blessings, that's going to pop into your head, right? So we, we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, looking in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23, and... Hopefully you've noticed, even in um, most of the songs that we sing, how they often are calling our attention to heaven or to the Lord's return. And hopefully in our studies of heaven, you have, it's kind of reignited that and kind of filled you with hope of what our future is as believers. And as we're singing that, hopefully your heart is filled with praise, thinking and looking forward to, to our eternal home. And so in thinking of here, we've been going over the last, uh, we will be on week four tonight. So uh, we've gone over three different lessons on heaven. Um, I was looking and praying of, Lord, what do you want me to share today? And um, was led to this passage here. And we are going to be looking mainly at the end of this passage of Strength in the Lord or strengthening one another in the Lord, or you could even say encourage, encouraging one another in the Lord. So we're looking at as believers, we're looking at our eternal home. But today we're kind of OK in the time between now and then before God calls us home. Uh, what should we be doing? What we're not supposed to just sit here and wait for wait for our, our our souls to take off, so to speak. We're not, uh, we're not at the terminal just, just sitting here twiddling our thumbs. What should we be doing as believers? In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Beware, brethren, lest there be en- in any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. But he says, But exhort or encourage one another daily, as it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of your sin. So we need to be encouraging, strengthening one another in the Lord. So starting out, to encourage means to give support or confidence or hope or to lift them up or to strengthen them. Okay, so we are, as believers, we are to lift one another up or exhort them or encourage them to walk more closely with God. Uh, John Maxwell, who is well known for his, his leadership books and he travels all over, he said, people will go farther than they think they could when someone else thinks that they can. Now think, think of times in your life when that has been true Maybe it wasn't even a spiritual issue. Maybe it was just something physical of when you knew somebody else thought you were able to do something, how that encouraged you to do it. Uh, Studies have been done of how people are able to endure different types of, of suffering when they know there are other people who know that they can endure that. So who are thinking the best of them. So. John Maxwell says people will go further than they think they could when someone else thinks that they can't. Now, I was in reading that quote, I was thinking if we apply that to our church today, 
And we think that about each other here as a body of believers working together. If we know that everyone else here is thinking that we can go further, so to speak, or grow more than we do, can you imagine the effect that that will have here? Sadly, many times as believers, we're almost like a wet blanket to one another instead of helping kindle the fire. I I came across this that Walt Disney said, which it's interesting to see where Disney has gone since then, but he said there's three kinds of people. There are well poisoners, and these type of people go around and they discourage other people. They tell them all the reasons why they can't accomplish something, why they can't do it, or what they're doing wrong. Anybody here ever run into a person like this? You don't even have... I think you guys are all being modest. I think we've all run into people like this, right? Where you don't even have to know the person, and they'll, they'll tell you, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you should be doing. And, and Walt Disney called them well poisoners, meaning they, they, just, they just take the energy out of someone... Uh, He said the second kind of people are lawnmowers. They are well-intentioned, and they take care of their own lawn and keep it looking nice, but they never reach out or impact anyone else. So they they have good intentions, but they never, never impact anyone else. And then he said the third person is the life enhancer. So their goal is to reach out and to enhance other people's lives and to lift them up. Now... He was not talking about Christianity or Christians, but uh, think where you might fall into one of those groups. So we, we all know there is a great need for encouragement in our world today. There's a great need within Christianity. I think through this past year, what we've seen is that this past year and a half, how easy it is to become discouraged, how much we need one another, how much we benefit from the encouragement of others, of, of how much that boosts our soul, so to speak. So I just want to look quickly, why do we need to encourage one another? And first and most importantly, because it is a command that God has given us. So part of the, the calling that we have as believers here in this life is that we are to exhort one another. We are to encourage, to strengthen, to uplift them. So it is a command that we have been given, we have been given by God. If you, if you have kids of your own, you've probably had a conversation with them. You told them something to do, and maybe they had something else in mind that they wanted to do. And you've probably dealt with certain situations where they maybe chose to do what they wanted to do first when you wanted them to do this first. And where you have that conversation, okay, we needed this done, this should have been done first, but you were off doing something else, right? Here's a command that was given, but maybe you didn't like that command at this time or It wasn't convenient to you. And many times uh, we as believers can fall into that of like, I know I'm supposed to exhort one another or, but let's be honest, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of getting involved in people's lives. 
But it's a command that we see here of in Hebrews of exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we see the importance of exhorting one another and how much we, we need each other. But then we need to encourage one another because we live in a fallen and sinful world. We live in a fallen and sinful world. That has been brought out in our studies of, of heaven, of the restoration that will one day take place. But right now we're living in the fall. So things are broken. Things are hurt. There is discouragement. Uh, we can be blinded by our own sinfulness, and we are in need of each other. So it's a command that we see to encourage one another. We live in a fallen and broken world, and then we see that we need to encourage one another because the church suffers when we don't. When we are not exhorting one another to love and good works, people, we often, as people, feel unloved, unimportant, or useless and forgotten. So true encouragement is not about making people feel better about themselves. It's not about, oh, you can do it, just, just have faith, you can, you can handle it. No, true exhortation or encouragement is about preparing them to know, obey, love, and enjoy God more. So it's not about, oh, you're, you're better than you think you are. You Just pick your head up, keep your head held high. It's about exhorting them to know, obey, and love God more. So in our passage here in 1 Samuel chapter 23, we see David, and right off the bat we see that David, uh, before making any choices, he... He chose to seek God. He sought after God. He asked for direction from God. So we, we look at David's life, and, and in the first part of the passage, he says, you know, shall I go and attack the Philistines? And God told him, go and attack them. And right here we see David, he takes that to his men, and he shows them, hey, God, I sought God, and God told us to go and attack but David's men said, we're kind of like, are you sure about this, David? Let me look. We are afraid here. How much more if we go down there? You know, we're already shaking in our boots here. The closer we get, it's not going to get better. Will you just double check? Now, have you ever had where you felt God was prompting you to do something that was difficult? And, and you had that thought of like, I think maybe I just better pray about it one more time just to be certain that this is truly what God is asking me to do. Even though you knew it was, you're like, I want to be, I want to be certain. And, and the men asked David, you see how we're afraid here? How much more if we go down against the Philistines? Then David, it says, inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, go down, for I will deliver them into your hand and then it says that David and his men went down and struck the Philistines with a mighty blow. And just like God had told them, they, they were victorious. So early on in this passage, we see David seeking after God, and God gave him the victory. But then once we come down to the later part of the passage that we read, we see that fear entered David's life from 1 Samuel. Now you can imagine here... Here he is. He had just had a great victory. And 
Many times we experience um, the greatest trial after a great victory. And here David had a great victory, but then all of a sudden he finds out that Saul is after him again. Now, just as kind of a side note, look at verse 7. And in the first part of this chapter, David David is seeking God and uh, asking him, shall we go up a battle? And, and God gives him the answer. But look at, look at the change or look at the difference between David and Saul that we see here. So in verse 7, uh, it says, it was told, and Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Now, did Saul seek, seek God in that? Did he, did he say, Lord, are you, are you bringing David into my hand uh, by this? No, Saul was just looking at the situation and, and kind of rubbing his hands together. Of, God must be delivering him into my hand. He was not seeking after God. And we see a difference between, once again, David's life and Saul's life in that David was was out for his own well-being, while da- or Saul was, while David was seeking God. But because Saul sought after his life, it says that David, David was running and was fearful. So fear entered his life, and fear often leads to discouragement. Think of times in your life when you have had fear. Uh, maybe it was fear of an upcoming situation, and fear. That fear will often lead to discouragement in your life. And David was fearful in this situation. Now think, this is the same David that we talk about and even unbelievers still talk about today of David versus Goliath, right? Many people don't even know what they're referring to in David versus Goliath. But we still talk about the great faith of here's this young man that stepped forward and defeated this giant. But just because we have been had great faith in the past, if we're not walking closely with God, does not mean that we'll just automatically have great faith for the future. So here's this David now in fear. Um, This is the man that the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. So don't think that anyone is above the need of encouragement. Many times we look to spiritual leaders. Maybe Maybe it's a parent that, we, that we've looked to as they've been spiritual leaders. And sometimes we can think, oh, that person, I mean, they're steady, they're faithful. Every one of us are in need of spiritual encouragement from time to time. Um, in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, when Joshua's getting ready to take over this huge role and there's great fear in his life, God told him over and over, fear not because I am with you. And we see that same command given to us. So fear leads often to discouragement. And God tells us, fear not because I am with you. So then we see in David's life that God used someone to strengthen David in his time of fear. And look in verse 16. It says, then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. How did, how did Jonathan encourage David? First of all, he was present. Think, think of this. Here's David running for his life from Saul, and Jonathan makes the effort 
to go to David and to be with him. So there's something to be said about the encouragement of a presence, meaning in a time of need and a time of hurt, sometimes just being there for someone, being present with them is great encouragement to them. Uh, Jonathan was putting himself at risk. If, if, da- if uh, Saul was attempting to kill David, what do you think his response would have been when he found out that Jonathan was going to help encourage and strengthen David? So he was putting himself at great risk. He was, he was laying it on the line to go and to help his friend and to encourage him because God led him to do that and because he was, he was so invested in David's life. So he was present there with him. So many times our encouragement, we need to be present uh, when we know someone is hurting or facing trials or discouragement. In Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul said, Though I am absent in the flesh, I am with you in the spirit. So sometimes it's not possible to be with someone physically, but we can be with them in spirit as well. I think of many times we we hear uh, we get missionary letters and and prayer reports or um, I think of when the uh, Seth and Amy Myers were going through that situation uh, in South Africa when their home was broke into and and we were with them in spirit. We could not physically be with them, but we were with them in spirit and we are, we are joined together with them in spirit. So Jonathan was present, but then, if you notice, he reminded David of the promises of God. He didn't say, oh, David, keep your head up. Uh, you're smarter than, than Saul is. You're, you're faster than he is. You're what? No. Look at what he reminds him of. He says in verse 17, he said to him, do not fear For the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So he was reminding him of the promise. He was saying, David, God has chosen you to be the next king over Israel. He has anointed you to be the king. God always keeps his promises. You will be the next king in Israel. My, my father knows that. I know that. So trust the promise that God has given you. I think of, of Abraham and how he trusted the promise that God led him out and he trusted the hand of God and the promise. So Jonathan reminded him, don't be afraid. Trust the word that God has given you. Even though it was years ago, God always keeps his promise. So what are some promises for us today? First of all, we know that in Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So when it says nothing can separate, that means uh, that means death cannot. That means persecution cannot. That means uh, despair cannot. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. In Romans 8, 28, we know that God is working all things out for good, that God is working things out for good. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, he promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. Think of some of these promises that we have. In 1 John 1, 
he says that he will forgive our sin, that we have forgiveness of sin and we have salvation in Jesus Christ. In John 14, 3, he said that we have a home in heaven, that he is going to prepare a place for us and he will come again. So these are just a few of the promises, and I encourage you, write some promises down that you find in God's word so that in your time of despair and discouragement, that you might look back to those and be reminded. So Jonathan reminded him of the promise of God. So just in the last couple minutes that we have, I want to look at how can you and I become like a Jonathan? How can we be like a Jonathan who risked his own life, his own well-being, to help the Lord's anointed one in David. First of all, it's coming and asking God for help today. Some of, some of you here may be naturally more inclined to encourage others. It may be some people are just natural encouragers. That's the way God, God made you. You're bent that direction. Other, others may not be bent that direction at all. You may be that, that's a big challenge. I didn't grow up around someone who is encouraging, um, and it's, it's awkward for me. So first of all, ask God for help, because investing or exhorting one another really takes a dying to self and investing in other people's lives. So the truth of the matter is, God, God wants to use each of us here to invest in each other's lives, but he'll, he'll bring different people together to do that. And that's part of the great thing of our, our small groups on Sunday nights that we're doing is it's getting a smaller group so that hopefully we can get to know one another better, so we can bear one another's burdens, so we can help exhort and encourage one another. So we need to start with, start with a smaller group. Start with your Sunday night group, and how can, how can I encourage them this week? God, give me opportunities. Open my eyes to see maybe the needs of those around me and how I might be able to invest in that life. And, and then if we're going to ask, which we should, uh, make sure that we're then following through. So make it a daily discipline. The more that we practice looking for needs around us and looking for opportunities to encourage, the more God will bring those to our attention. So many times we look outside of our home to help encourage, but start inside of your home as well. Start inside. Um, how, can you, how can you encourage your wife or how can you encourage your husband this week in the Lord? Uh, how can you help them to grow in their love for God this week? Maybe it's as simple as, as doing something. Hey, let me, let me uh, do these dishes so that you can go and just go spend some time outside with God. The weather looks like it's going to be beautiful this week. Go, I'll do the dishes. You go out and just spend some time alone with God. What an encouragement that that would be to, to your spouse. Or what is it that you can do to invest in your child's life and be seeking God's attention in that? So, it can be as simple as sending someone a text, reminding them of a promise of God. Maybe it's uh, something from your heaven study that has encouraged you and, hey, I wanted to share with you, man, we have a glorious future. Maybe it's as simple as writing them a note or 
sending them, sending them a message on, uh, sending them a short video to encourage them. Uh, I know our missionaries have um, commented that the the girls, it's a Sunday night class now, but the uh, venture club, right? The girls venture club. How much they were encouraged because you guys sent them a video, correct? With questions for them. So. One, it showed that you were interested in their life. You were present with them. You were caring. But then they love seeing your guys' faces and being reminded. So it could be as simple as sending somebody a, a short video saying, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Um, and then in encouraging others, point them to the word of God. Remind them of the promises that are found in God's word. Now, it could be sharing a verse with them. It could be sharing a, uh, a part of a song that points us back to the promise of God's word. But find ways to encourage one another and then invest in people and know them. Now, this is probably the hardest part, but it takes time to get to know each other, doesn't it? And most people are not just going to open up and tell you uh, maybe discouragements that they're, that they're facing right away. I have run into a couple people in a store that I'm like, I don't know why you're why you're telling this right now of like, you don't know me from anybody else. But some people just tell everybody everything. Most people are not going to be that open. And it takes that personal that friendship like David and Jonathan had where Jonathan knew, man, David is struggling here. And I need to go and encourage him or strengthen him in the Lord. So invest in people's lives. Encourage them. Uh, Encouragement makes people better. Makes them better husbands, better wife, better Christian. Why? Because as we grow closer to God, he's doing that work in us. So God desires to use you to lift someone up today. God desires to use you and I to lift someone up today. So I pray that all of us here can be a Jonathan in a world full of Saul's who are out for their own gain, who are blinded by their own sinfulness. I pray that we could be a Jonathan in our world today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I thank you first and foremost for your word. Lord, the truth that we find there, the promises. Lord, I thank you that we can look to your promises and know that you always keep them. We can look to the promise that you gave that you will come again. And we thank you for that promise. Lord, we thank you for the promise that you said you will never leave us or forsake us. And, and we thank you that your spirit guides and directs us. Lord, I pray for each one here today. It is it is so easy to be consumed by our own uh, desires, our own self, and to get our focus off of you and get our focus off of helping others. But as we come to your word, we're reminded that you are to be in first place and then that we are to reach out and impact and encourage and strengthen and uplift one another. Lord, I pray for any that are here today that are that are hurting, that are facing discouragement. May they run to your word and find hope and healing. Lord, may we as believers around them be sensitive to those needs as well and, 
and speak truth to them and point them to your word. Lord, I thank you that you know each of us personally. You, you know our needs, you know our, our strengths, you know our weaknesses. And Lord, I thank you that in spite of knowing us, you truly do love us. Lord, we love you today, and we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.